0: Hello, everybody. Just a quick disclaimer before this week's episode. As you know, we've been recording our episodes remotely lately due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So please excuse the slight dip in audio quality. I also wanted to give a shout out to all the nurses, doctors, and medical professionals working every day to save lives. Y'all are the real heroes, and we love you. And now, here's the show.
1: From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival.
0: Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody. We are going full steam ahead into the holiday season, which is just absolutely crazy to say uh, that it's uh, here, but here we are. And as we were coming up on Thanksgiving, Sonia and I were thinking, what kind of Gimme Three episode would be appropriate? And we thought, you know, it's time for Film Forward to show our non-human friends some love, especially ahead of the holidays. Our non-human friends need as much appreciation and love as we do, so we figure this special edition episode of Gimme Three We are honoring our animal friends, and our guest today is an animal kind of in his own right, but (laughs) (laughs) his name is Asher Brown. Asher is the founder of Pollution TV. He's the co-founder of a nonprofit organization, Switch for Good. He's an animal rights activist and just one of the coolest cats around. Asher, thank you for joining us today.
2: Ah, oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be
0: here. How was that intro? Did I do did I do it justice?
2: Oh, I I, I love it. I love it. I love all the all the animals and the and the humans. I think it all <laughs> connects together. You know, it's about, you know, loving outside of yourself. Absolutely,
0: man. Speaking of, as I mentioned, you're a big animal rights activist. You're a big proponent for veganism. That's how we met. We we worked on a a vegan cooking show. Talk to us a little bit before we dive into the films. When did you become a vegan?
2: So I stopped eating meat when I was nine years old. Oh, wow. Um, And I was was a vegetarian for a long time and then went vegan in my early 20s. Uh, And then it took me another few years to kind of go from quiet vegan to loud vegan. (laughs) And so, so now I do a lot of work in the in the food space but yeah. what I what I like about working with food is that it really connects to everything. So I did a campaign over the summer with LULAC, which is a big Latinx workers organization, talking about slaughterhouse conditions, working with doctors groups about COVID, working with athletes who want to run faster, talking about food security, all the pieces come together if you want to eat fewer animals. I don't think it's about being 100% anything. It's about setting intentions to understand that our consumption choices have an impact on those around us.
0: Absolutely. And not only the people around us, but the animals around us and just the earth in general, everything. Yeah everything is impacted. So it's good to be conscious of. And the films that we're going to discuss today, I think, illustrate that quite beautifully. So let's dive in. Let's get into our animal-loving movies. And Asher, we will start with you. Let us get your first one, sir. All
2: right. Film number one, How to Train Your Dragon.
0: Nice. How to Train Your Dragon. So I just saw this for the first time recently. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty surprised. Not not that like I didn't think it was going to be a bad movie, but it had like way more heart and hit me way harder than I thought it was going to be. Like our audience like thinks I cry in every movie because I, I was I always say like, oh, by the end of it, I was crying. But I guess I, I was crying by the end of this. So yeah, tell the audience about how to train your dragon.
2: Yeah, so so I figure you're, you're having a vegan on. I should try to try to start with something a little bit mellow. <laughs> it's an animated DreamWorks movie. It's got Jay Baruchel in it, a bunch of funny people. And it's about having one one idea about somebody else, in this case, dragons, not really based on knowing them or spending time with them. And then, you know, is is there another path besides fighting dragons and spoiler alert, yes
0: it is. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it's got a great cast. It's got Jonah Hill, Kristen Wig, America Ferreira, Gerard Butler plays and Craig Ferguson play like
2: the yeah. older dudes. And and Gerard Butler doing his real accent,
0: which yeah. I think is Which is, is great.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's
0: got a great voice. It's fun. It it touches on a lot of themes that a lot of these films that we're going to discuss. It's ultimately about opening up your mind and seeing something other than yourself and you know, opening your your heart to it and saying like well maybe there's another alternative than just trying to kill each other which yeah. i think is a strong message especially one that unfortunately has to be uh, revisited often <laughs> yeah
2: and I, I think there's something really sacred about children's films you know mm-hmm. this is this is how we teach values to the next generation and and i think something like this that it's it's funny it's light but at the end of the day you know, how we treat people has a lot of parallels in, in this as well. I think if you're, if you're an activist out there and making children's content, you have to be really careful, but there's also a really great opportunity because kids have to be taught to hate. They don't have to be taught to love.
0: You're absolutely right. Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon. It is uh, it's a great watch. I hear the sequels are also great. I have not seen them, but I hear they're yeah. they're fun. And after watching this first one, I'm I'm definitely going to check out the the second and the third.
2: Yeah, and then shout out to John Powell for the soundtrack.
0: Yeah, soundtrack. You is listen
2: great. once, it's in your head, but next time you're you're sitting down to write a script, Nick, uh, yeah. put that soundtrack on, and it's just. By by the time the dragon starts flying, you're just you're just ready to write.
0: It's great. <laughs> all right, good to know. Good note. How to Train Your Dragon. I believe it is available on Amazon Prime now for all you subscribers out there. Check it out if you have not already, and if you have, I think it's worth a rewatch. I'm actually looking forward to rewatching it. I'm gonna dive into my first one here, and I'm also gonna start off light. And I know this was one that was on your short list as well, and that is Babe.
2: Yeah, no good
0: pig. Yes, it, co-written by. George Miller of Mad Max fame.
2: It's a Mad Max prequel, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this I mean in a way it is the Mad Max prequel. <laughs> Babe, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's about a little piglet who is taken away from his mom and his family and who is taken in by a farmer and this piglet is raised by sheepdogs and one sheepdog in particular who he calls mom. And she kind of trains him to be a sheep herding dog. And he's really good at it, not because, he, you know, he has a different method. Instead of chasing and snapping and nipping at uh, the sheep, he decides to talk with them and use his words and ask them nicely. And the sheep say, well, God damn it, aren't you a nice little pig? We'll do anything you say, pig. And so, you know, he just, <laughs> some drama ensues. There's a big old sheep herding competition It's got James Cromwell in it and he's just incredible, but it is, it's just a feel good movie. I mean, there's some like heavy parts and some emotional moments, but I don't think there's ever been a movie where you're rooting for the protagonist so much in this movie. It's insane. Like, (laughs) There's nothing not to love about this little piglet. I would love to look at the statistics. After this film came out, of like pig purchases, because I'm sure pig purchases <laughs> went through the roof.
2: Pigs are just so so wonderful. They're like little puppies. Um, yeah, and they're small. Nick, I don't know if you've ever been up to Farm Sanctuary just outside LA, but they have a, a bunch of rescue pigs there, and uh, they're so much fun to play with. You rub their bellies, and they roll on their back. You, <laughs> you feed them, and they follow you around. They're just so they're they're smart, and they're they're ordering when they want to be. And I think. Babe does that really
0: well. That's great. I'm going to have to check that out. I have not been up there,
2: but they're just so damn cute. (laughs)
0: Like watching this movie. I was like, dang, should we get a pig? (laughs) But the other thing that's cool about this movie is, you know, like they do use real animals for scenes that, you know, don't require anything crazy to happen, but for certain more risk averse scenes or scenes where they like are having like long dialogues with the animals, the animals talk to each other they use animatronics which i i mean i hadn't seen this movie in probably 2 decades so it'd been a while when i was a kid i didn't realize that it was animatronics but it's like jim jim henson is like doing all these animatronic animals and it's really really impressive yeah it holds up yeah it does hold up i was like god man this is better than a lot of the the new movies you see with like cgi animals i'm like animatronics might be the way to go Oh. It's probably more expensive, but
2: shout out to James Cromwell. Uh, he's actually a big animal rights activist. Is he?
0: That's good to Did hear. You
2: Google James Cromwell arrested. He's been arrested at protests. Uh, he tried to protest like dog testing. Like any anything going on, there's a chance of getting arrested. James Cromwell's out there. Um, no feet like, tall. It's hard to miss him. Good for you, James. Yeah. Good for you.
0: You know what? I think his character is vegan in Six Feet Under. Also. Oh, cool. But babe, I mean, if you haven't seen it. Or, if you're like me and you hadn't seen it in a long time, check it out again because, especially now, you know, like it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy couple. It's been a crazy November. So, if you need something that's just like a good palate cleanser, warm your heart, you feel nice. Babe, it's the movie for you. It's on HBO Max right now. Okay, Asher, let's get your second one, sir.
2: Yeah, so this is a good segue. Uh you're talking about animatronic animals in Babe. I don't know if you noticed this, but the the next film I want to talk about also did not have real animals. Um, right. Kind of kind of hard to tell as well. It's called Chicken Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I did not know that that was, those were fake chickens. <laughs> I, was like, I got swindled again.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for, for stop motion. I don't think claymation is the right word because they don't use clay, but whatever, um, Nick Park from Wallace and Gromit, the art that he brings to, to getting little pieces of plastic to make you cry is really beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chicken Run is really, really kind of like How to Train Your Dragon in a Way and and some of the others we've talked about. You know, there's got some laughs, it's some funny stuff, but, you know, it hits you in the heart. And it does make you think about how people house chickens, how they take care of chickens, and, you know, how we need to take care of chickens before, you know, moving forward. But it's also just like a really fun, exciting film. Yeah,
2: it's like a World War II escape film shot kind of like... Yeah, like maybe Hogan's Heroes because it's funny and it's all a little goofy.
0: Totally. I hadn't thought about it like that, but that's kind of what it is. I mean, you even have like that old war hero chicken, you know, who's kind of got PTSD. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally a, a a World War II, yeah. like a escape film.
2: Yeah, even though they, sh- they shoot it, like it looks like prisoner barracks and there's a barbed wire around it. Right. Searchlights and dogs.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. Like, as you mentioned, the stop motion animation is just really, really impressive. The lighting is great. They're in full form here. You know, they've, they had their walls and Gromit movies. and I think they like totally found their rhythm and it's fun to see them go like literally onto a different plane, you know, like to live yeah. in this smaller world and how creative they got with it. It's just, it's a lot of fun.
2: That's my favorite thing about their work is that everything is motivated. So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're building a machine, you have to build it out of things that you can find. And, you know, how do you get things where well, you get the rats to do it? And how do you get the rats to do it? You give them eggs, like all, right. all these little details. You freeze frame anywhere and everything makes sense. You know, no, nobody has, like, weird sci-fi tech.
0: Yeah. Chicken it run, Check it out. It's on Hulu. It's a good time. And check out the rest of their work. All of it's incredible.
2: Okay. So now I'm going
0: to go into my second one. This movie, I'm not going to lie. This movie is fucking dark. It's called Watership Down. It's from 1978. Have you ever seen this movie, Asher?
2: I read the book when I was young, but I haven't seen the movie.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's based on a book. It's an English film. I think it's listed as, like, one of the top 50 English films ever made. And it is... It's about a, a pack or a herd of rabbits. I don't know what you would call them, but they flee their burrows. There's one rabbit whose name is Fiverr, who's kind of, you know, I'd say he's spiritual. You know, he's got like kind of a sixth sense. You know, he's like reading the cosmos and he goes off his intuition. So he's got this feeling that something bad is going to happen in their burrows and they need to leave. He ends up being right. Land developers come in and just ruin everything. So they got to, they bounce and they are you know, on this journey to find a new place that they can call their home. So they go on this wild, crazy adventure and on their way, they find another burrow of rabbits, but it's being ran by one particular rabbit who's very mean, very totalitarian, and the rabbits there are just miserable. So our rabbits try and break them out. Drama ensues. It is, supposedly, this is a kid's film.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking at screen grabs right now online and it's, it's, rabbits are bleeding they're, they're Dude, cut it, it's like, it, is, it yeah. is
0: violent it is <laughs> very very violent and I mean like it came out in 78 so the rating system was different then it's rated PG but You know, like if you're uh, an adult and you got kids and you want to show them this movie, just be prepared for some discussions after. I think it is an important film for kids to watch because it's an allegorical piece. It's very important about like, you know, like what we do to the land and the effects that that has on wildlife and, and things around us. It's also very allegorical about like what we do to each other. You know, it starts off as like what humans do to them and then it becomes more of a metaphor for what we do to each other as humans. It's a beautiful film. It hits real hard. The other thing I'll say about it: the animation. They go into some really trippy, psychedelic animated sequences that are very like <laughs> symbolic. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I watched this movie in the morning, and I was like, "I need to rewatch this with some shroom tea or something," because <laughs> you know, like back in the old days, like the Disney days, when they used to just be like fuck it. Let's get crazy. They go deep into that, but it's like with life and death situations being told through these, all these psychedelic sequences and land being ripped apart. I mean, it is, whoa, daddy. It's a, it's a movie. It is a movie, yeah. but I highly recommend checking it out. What did you think of the book when you read it?
2: I liked it as a, as a kid. Like, and there, there are times you kind of forget that it's about animals yeah, You know, it's like this, this really intense journey and if it were like set in like the French Revolution or World War II, you would buy that.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing that I kind of liked about it was that, you know, a lot of movies or books that you read are that are about animals, the obstacles or the conflicts that they're facing are so based in animal world. Yeah. But these feel like human issues and human problems. But at the same time, they're totally things that I'm sure rabbits have to deal with like on an almost constant basis. So it felt very true and real to, you know, the rabbit experience, but (laughs) it's also also very relatable to me. I was like, Oh my God, this is like fucking gentrification, you know? (laughs) So Watership Down, I mean, check it out if you dare, but it's it's a great film and it, it is available now on HBO Max and also the Criterion channel, I believe. So absolutely I'll check, that, check out. that out. Yeah. You got me. I mean, I won't lie, like the first, I think 20, 30 minutes a little, are a little slow, but that once it ramps up, oh, daddy, you're in for a ride. And yeah, I think a couple of puffs of the old uh, Mary Jane might enhance <laughs> might the experience. Incredible. So, guys, we're going to take one quick break. When we come back, we're each going to give our final of our three, our animal loving movies. But we're going to take a quick break. We've got a new segment for you in the break, too, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back on Film Forward. We'd like to take a minute and give a very special thanks to our new sponsor, E-Minutes, E-Minutes is a company of entertainment lawyers who are dedicated to giving a platform to underrepresented voices by helping filmmakers form companies and other necessary legal entities. They're sponsoring a new award with LADFF called the Emerging Filmmaker Award and giving their services for free to the lucky winners. You can find out more about them by going to LADFF.com and clicking on the E-Minutes link. Hi,
1: and welcome to Sonia's Movie Minute. I'm Sonia. Today, in honor of our all-animal episode, I'm going to recommend the film My Octopus Teacher. It's a new documentary on Netflix, and you definitely should check it out. I guarantee you will love it. I'm not going to go into the plot, since we only have a minute, but two things that I really took away from it were, one, the underwater photography and cinematography was so intimate that you kind of did feel like you were in Finding Nemo or The Little Mermaid, except that this was real life and you were following the actual life cycle and emotional and physical growth of this animal that exists in the real world. And that was really profound because I think that sometimes sea life seems so different compared to mammals or animals that we're more used to dealing with on land that it's hard to understand them emotionally. And I think it was really profound to learn about this animal. I think it also makes you feel even more strong Wrong about protecting the ocean. The other thing was that it really reminded me a lot of Charlotte's Web, another one of my favorite eight legged creatures, because just about how an animal can nurture us so deeply, even though, again, we can't talk to it and we don't really know what it's thinking. And I will leave you with the thought of a great big loving octopus hug because i think that's what we will all want after watching this impressive film watch it let us know what you think and that was my minute thank you
2: what she taught me was to feel that you part of this place not a visitor
0: All right. Welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We are here with Asher Brown. He is a producer. He's a filmmaker. He is a animal rights activist, and he is a cinephile. And we are talking about movies that we love involving animals, where animals are the protagonist. open up our minds ahead of the holiday season to our animal friends. And so far, Asher has given us Two incredible films, How to Train Your Dragon and Chicken Run. I have given us Babe and Watership Down. And now it's time for our final films that we are going to recommend you for your animal loving journey. And I'm going to start, this is brings new meaning to the word animal loving. It's kind of a stretch. So I hope you'll forgive me, Asher. This is a little bit okay. of a stretch, but I think thematically it fits with what we're discussing here today. And that's Shape of Water. Okay, Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro. It is about a woman, Sally, played by Sally Hawkins, who is a mute janitor. She's so good, Max. She's so good. And she's a janitor at some science laboratory where these scientists are experimenting on some fish-like creature. And they're not treating it very nice treating it very poorly in fact and they plan to do bad things to it sally hawkins character ends up developing a relationship with this creature because much like her it has been rejected and cast out they develop a relationship they develop a bond and a trust and
2: and and then a bit more
0: and then a bit more some stuff happens i'm not going (laughs) to spoil that because i think it's uh (laughs) it's 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 too good to spoil, but um, you can guess, (laughs) you know, like the other films that we've talked about, you know, it just touches on taking a look outside of what we know and thinking about acceptance and loving outside of ourselves and not just outside of our self individualistic, but outside of the human race. And I just thought it was a really, really beautiful film, top to bottom. The production design, the the cinematography, and the performances. And, of course, this creature design and execution is just fucking out of this world.
2: Yeah, he's so good at that. Yeah, so good I, at that. I him. can only imagine what his dreams are like.
0: I don't know if I want to imagine <laughs> what his dreams are like. <laughs> I hope he has a dream journal.
2: Yeah, I like, it's a, It's set during the, the Cold War, right? It is, yeah. I like the, the parallels, there's a lot of us versus them in this movie. And I think one thing it does so well is it kind of says, well, what does it mean to be us? And what does it mean to be them? And, you know, this, this fish, fish creature person is on the other end of the line. He's not, he's not one of us, so we can do whatever we want to him. And and then she kind of starts noticing the places they have commonality.
0: Yeah. It is very much us versus them. And it's no accident that, you know, Sally Hawkins, her character is mute. her, friend at work her best friend at work is a black woman and her best friend at home is a gay man there's more us versus them especially in this time period but that's never like heavy-handed or on the nose it just fits perfectly and beautifully and it's it's just a really entertaining movie it's one of the few times i think the oscars got it right actually they've been getting it right man parasite shape of water moonlight They've been getting it right the last few years. So Shape of Water, man. I, just, I really, really loved it when it came out. And It was different. It was, yeah.
2: I kind of like that Del Toro was like, actually, I don't want to do five more Lord of the Rings prequels. I would rather do this movie. It's small and weird and really intimate.
0: Yeah, he is an artist because I think he's had... As you've mentioned, he's had his opportunities to go more into the comic book world, which he's dabbled in, you know, to like he said, he was offered those Lord of the Rings movies, but he wanted to make something that he felt was more personal and more important. He had something he wanted to say, which I think is something to be admired in an artist. And he says it beautifully here. Shape of Water. If you have not seen it, for the love of God, check it out. And then after you get to the part, please let us know what you think on <laughs> social media and uh, on our comments. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> okay i don't advocate for fish intercourse though by the way i want to put yeah. that out
2: yeah. yes mushroom tea no fish intercourse <laughs>
0: we have to draw the line somewhere here.
2: yeah <laughs> all
0: right asher you are third and final sir
2: yeah so you mentioned parasite by bong Jun ho i want to mm-hmm. go back i think this was one film for him before that okja mm-hmm. which i i thought was just as good as parasite and and combines his activism with his humor with his kind of weird fantastical elements so you, you never really feel like you're watching anything you understand and then you get to the end and realize there's a lot of really deep threads running through
0: i agree i loved okja before we dive into it tell the audience what it's about because i think it came out and a lot of people didn't see it because it was like one of the first like big movies to come out on Netflix.
2: Yeah, it blew up on Netflix. Yeah. It's hard to explain without getting too deep into the world. You know, there's Tilda Swinton running a, a strange futuristic company and Paul Dano is like a underground militant. But it, it's basically it's a story about a girl and her pet. You know, She has this pet pig that happens to be like a genetically modified super pig and it gets taken away from her and she goes on this really wonderful fantastical journey to get her pig back
0: and what a journey it is i mean they go through some crazy stuff as you mentioned the movie like i love how bold it is i just love bong joon ho and everything Mm -hmm. he does man like at times this movie feels like it's a disney's 60 live action film and then at other times it feels like you know this gritty r-rated like action drama and you don't know really who it's for as you're watching it and then like by the end of it you're like okay i get it it's for it's for everybody everybody should see this film kids should see it adults should see it i have such respect for mom yeah
2: me me too it's so funny and the visuals are incredible and the, the pig has personality. And mm-hmm. anytime you tell Tilda Swinton you're not being weird enough, I, I love it. <laughs> like he, just, he just pushes her into a, a place that only she can go. Totally. Yeah. And I think just putting on my activist hat for a second, mm-hmm. this film manages to talk about factory farming in a way that gets people to actually listen. Um, and that's, one of the hardest things to do, there are laws now that you can't go into a slaughterhouse with a camera because they don't want you to see what's happening. And you can get sued for, for talking about what's happening in there. And there's all this secrecy. And wow. and on, on the animal rights side, I think a lot of people come out with like, look, let me show you all this horrible, horrible footage. And you know, I, I'm an activist and I can't watch a lot of those videos. So you end up with one side that says, I don't know anything about it because I don't come across it. And another side is just yelling about all these awful things, and, and I think it takes a real genius like Bong Joon Ho to say, "Well, let, let me actually tell a story. Let me let me not try to push any any viewpoint. Let me just say, what would it be like if one of these pigs was your friend, and how would that feel?"
0: Yeah, and it it hurts. <laughs> that's how it, that's how it feels, man. It really it really hurts. As you mentioned, it just it it balances that line in a way. The movie is about balance, you know. It's you've got yeah. people. You know, on both sides, that, you know, I think need to listen and work better and think about what's the important thing, which is, you know, the animals and making sure that this, uh, the travesties stop.
2: Yeah. And I, I like that it it talks about the system because I, you know, I know hunters, I know people who work at slaughterhouses, you know, people who work at big meat companies. And I think we're all good people. We all want to take care of our families. We all want to make the planet better. And, I think you get caught in these systems, whether it's in How to Train Your Dragon, a system of we fight dragons because that's what we do, or in Okja, where it's factory farming is the system. And once the system's in place, it's hard for individual people to step away from it. And I I think what great movies do is they give you a new perspective on something that's really everyday life for you. And so you can actually say, oh, every time I buy this thing every time i eat this thing i'm making a choice and if that's a choice that, that you believe in that's great and if you're making a choice that you have a hard time with well this is a great opportunity to examine those choices and maybe try to do better
0: asher beautifully beautifully said sir and that is i think the perfect way to go out i'm glad we saved oak for last because uh <laughs> you know of all the films that we discussed today i, I you know if you can, check them all out. They're all great. But I think Okja, I think, is the most impactful. And I think it's the most important. And obviously, you're in the hands of an auteur and a genius and, by all accounts, a really good person, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Astrid, thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time to be here and to share your knowledge, your wisdom, and to share your movies.
2: Oh, th- thank you for having me. This was so much fun. You'll come back, I'm sure.
0: You, I will. I, I love uh, you. Once, see that this is once I get you in, then I'm just gonna, I keep bugging my friends, and then you know they say, "All right, I did it once, but you can't get rid of oh, me, yeah. baby." <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. next, next time, I want some of that tea, though.
0: Okay, deal. <laughs> deal. When, when we're able to do this in person again, we'll do it over a cup of shroom tea. <laughs> Asher, thanks again. Thank you all for listening to Film Forward. If you like our podcast, please subscribe. Please comment, share it with your friends. You could also follow us at LA Diversity Film Fest on Instagram, at LADFF on Twitter. Asher, where can they follow you? I hit my Instagram at Smasher Brown. Thank you all for listening to Film Forward. It's been a great one. Happy holidays. We'll be back in December. Catch you all then. Love you. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear
2: us next time.